Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello, all you Lasso fans. This is Peanut Butter and Biscuits, your Ted Lasso fan cast for NPR Illinois Community Voices and the Front Row Network. I'm your host today, Craig, joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Jeremy Geckner. What's up, everyone? Did you miss us? There's no new Lasso episodes, but we've got a humdinger for you here today. I don't know why I used that term, but I'm excited. I like the term humdinger. I do. I will tell you that I've just been, you know, Wednesday morning, I just cried myself to sleep or whatever because there was no uh, no Ted Lasso. But, you know, we're going to survive, everybody. We did sleep, though. That's the key. Yes. You know who else got to sleep finally are the hardworking editors of Ted Lasso. And so we get to talk to them today. We get to talk to Melissa McCoy and to AJ Catiline, who have come onto the show previously, kind of, I think, around the end of season two. But it's so great to catch back up with them. I first would say their first interview is such a good encapsulation of those first two seasons. We're not going to dive so much into those seasons because we wanted to really talk about season three, right? So listen to both of these. It's like a part one and part two. But uh, we just had this interview, Jeremy. And I got to say, it was so great to get to talk to these two again. Yeah, I think it's better. I think it's better than the first interview because we've got, well, we by natural uh, fiat there, we, we've got so much more context and so much more stuff to talk about now that they can talk about the whole of season three. And guys, you learn so much stuff here. You get to learn, you know, what uh, the last scene that they actually shot was, some of the intricacies of some of the best moments of season three, of how those moments came together, where the music comes from. Oh, and also maybe how you guys helped affect the editing of the trailer. I'm not even kidding you guys the pbmb fans this is crazy yeah it was it was a little bit wild when uh we get to that part of the interview we also got something that i will tell you tell you up front here mr jeremy geckner had to cut out a little bit early and so the fans questioned the major question and for the editors has always been about that blooper reel. And while we didn't get a blooper reel played for us, we certainly had a couple of editors telling us what the blooper reel may include or had included at the rap parties. So uh, you get a little bit of that too. But I, I think we just got to get into this because this is such a great conversation. It's a long conversation. They let me talk to them for like an hour and 45 minutes or something like that. Yeah, this is a very long one, guys, but it is worth it. The stories are amazing. Um, and just a lot of times you don't appreciate the creatives on a show like this. The editors work so damn hard and they work so and they're so talented at getting us the show that we all know and love. And I love just spotlighting them, but they've got some amazing stories to tell. So enjoy, everyone. Here is our interview with AJ and Melissa. It is such an honor to welcome back to Peanut Butter and Biscuits, uh, the editors of Ted Lasso. We'll start with Melissa McCoy this time. I think I introduced AJ first last time and then AJ Catalan as well. How are you two doing today? Good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, really nice to be here. It's nice to be back. Feels like we, um, you know, weren't here that long ago, but I guess it has been, right? Like... 
it's yeah. been over a year, I think. So oh, yeah. uh, now when were we here last. It was the end of season two. Yeah, yeah where we, okay. we were, I think we were starting season three and like we knew stuff, but we couldn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think we were in that weird space of like trying to talk about season two and then not spoiling stuff for season three. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you can spoil everything. everything yeah, world. Oh. We, we 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 made. The the, yeah. We made it through the end of the season with no no spoilers, no spills, no leaks. Excellent. I'll tell you what, Apple uh, withheld the screeners for the last episode, uh-huh. and uh, it did kill my heart a little bit. I kept looking at the screener app, and I was like, no! So, But I, <laughs> I understand. But here's my first and maybe most important question. I'll go to AJ first, and then uh, to you, uh, Melissa. But first, how's sleep? Is that... <laughs> Yeah, how's that going? Is that nice? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I remember uh, Brendan posted about how, you know, we had 600 visual effects in episode 312 and how our VFX team wasn't uh, getting any rest. I think he said, I wish you lots of naps. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think it, it's great. It's great to uh, to chill out and, and relax. It's been a, a long season. There were, it was a marathon sprint from, I would say right right before Christmas when Jason arrived and came into the post process and it was nonstop through April, May. And actually we delivered episode 11 and I think even 12, like a week before they aired. So yes, uh, it's decompression time. Uh, I'm headed to Hawaii on Friday. Super excited about that. Well, look at that because Melissa, you just got back, didn't you? I just flew back from Hawaii. What? I didn't get as much sleep because I have two small children but I did stare at some beautiful I, I like not a computer screen not a picture of my background on my computer screen an actual real palm tree so that was nice <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so great and before we dive into Ted Lasso because clearly that's what we want to talk about we want to discuss I just thought AJ I know I've seen you active on social media uh, on the ongoing uh, WGA strike and what's going on there so I thought I'd just kind of provide a bit of a platform for you if you want to kind of let our audience know what's sort of going on or maybe uh, even why it's so important uh, that this is going on. I just thought I'd give you a bit of a, a moment mm. to be able to explain mm. all that if you'd like to. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, it's we're so grateful to have unions uh, in this industry. Uh, and look, the writers really deserve a much better deal. And I'm so grateful that they are all coming together in unity. Um, you know, they had such unity in their strike authorization vote. And so did the the Screen Actors Guild, um, and it's great to see Jason and Brad and Brendan and all our writers, you know, out there every day. Um, that's a little tip I'll say to any Ted Lasso fans: if you want to go talk right to the top, go fly to LA and go hang out outside of Warner Brothers, and you'll you'll see a lot of Jeremy. Bring our microphones. Let's uh, yeah. let's just go take our mics and be like, hey, you want to talk about this on a podcast? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Ashley Nicole Black, one of our writers from season one and two, wrote an interesting tweet about it and just talking about how, you know, things are changing in, in the industry. And even if you do work on a hit like Ted Lasso, you don't necessarily get, you know, any more uh, bonus as a writer. And also just the issue of, of streaming um, still not being figured out in Hollywood. You know, they most of these shows now are eight to 12 episodes Whereas in the old days, they were, you know, an episode, season of Seinfeld ran maybe 22 episodes and they based the writer's pay on the number of episodes. And 
So basically the writer's pay has been cut in half. And uh, yeah, so it was great to see our whole cast out there, Hannah and, and, um, and Jeremy and James Lance and Billy Harris and Cola. And they were all outside uh, the Warner Brothers lot with the, the, the you know, water tower in the background. So um, if that doesn't encourage the studios to settle, seeing that all their creators are out in the street, then um, I don't know it will. So mm. I wish them all the best. That's great. Now, Mel, did you have anything that you wanted to also mention about that too? I, I didn't want to leave you out if you had something uh, that you wanted to mention. No, no, I, I am. Um, yeah, I'm not as, I'm not as, as vocal on the, on the um, internet because I'm always so afraid of like saying the wrong thing, but um, uh, yeah, no, it, it's, it's a really an important, important thing that we get out in front of, I think all of us, you know, all the different elements, streaming and AI and smaller writer rooms and all those different things where, where it's like, you know, the, uh, it's like this business doesn't run without great ideas. And I think Ted Lasso is like a really great example of that, of like, you know, coming from the soul of someone that, that one of the things so many people would reach out about season three is, is like, I, you could never really guess where the show is going to go. And it's like, that's that comes from you know the creators and so it's really important that we support them and that they are able to make a living wage because the truth is is like i think all of us that work in this business we do it for free but we don't want to do that like that's not a sustainable uh way to live so um it's really important and i um you know i hope i hope we you know we everybody gets back to the table and we can they can hammer out a good deal and we can get back to making stuff that people love and care about and gets them through their days. Like so many people have told me Ted Lasso has done. So to echo AJ, it's wonderful to see our, our writers out there. They gave so much to the show. So hopefully the studios remember that. And yeah. Can and back you know, a to echo both of you. Uh, if there's anything that can be done uh, on our end to support the writers, support the writers, everyone retweet, uh, <laughs> you know, get the, get your voices out there about how you want them to get a fair deal too, because you're right. It is very important. And uh, the times are changing and people need to change with them. So very, very important stuff there. So we're here to talk about Ted Lasso. Yes, uh, <laughs> yeah, it checks notes. <laughs> so um, uh, it's, a, look, it's, uh, it's a comedy. I think it's a yeah, comedy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's a comedy show. Um, on Somehow it, it started as a 30 minute comedy and then it turned yeah. into an over hour uh, drama on us sure. at some point in that second <laughs> season, I think. Yeah. You yeah. noticed. Yeah, we, we went we went 30 minutes to the 40 minutes, I think, by the end of season one. Then we were like 40 to an hour to season two, and then we were at 40s Super. to hour pluses in the in the yeah. third season. So it's just that you know, like before I got my engagement ring, my the p- person my husband bought the diamond from said, like, as your love grows, so can your diamond. It's like as our love for the these characters grew so cut our episode length you know like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, i absolutely agree with that i i, I loved getting more ted lasso in my life um okay. but you know we we have reached uh, our finish line here of season three and stuff um obviously we were talking a little bit like this season played out kind of unlike the other two um especially just the surroundings but there was so much anticipation for it so what was it like for you guys you know i know you were working up until the last minute with uh, those last two episodes there but just kind of seeing the fan reaction and everything unfold online, like when it came to season three, how is that hitting you guys? Melissa, why don't we start with you there? Like uh, how have the last couple of months been watching the release of season three? It's been 
you know, we were still working on it when it first started to drop. And I think so many people had so many expectations for every episode and, and we did too. And, and it was just a lot of like, it was a roller coaster. Yeah. I think a little bit where a little bit, I was like, I gotta, I gotta step back. Cause I'm still in it. And this is how we've always made Ted Lasso is like, focus, you know, focus up, like, kind of as Jamie always says, everything else is poop We just got to let it flow. And, and I really did feel like, you know, episode to episode, people would have this want and reaction and all that kind of stuff. But um, I was like, just, they have to get, they have to go on the ride and get to the end. And I felt that every, every season, not so much season one, because we really, we were finished by the time it started hitting. But season two, I remember that too, feeling like, episode to episode, everybody talking, chatting, chatting. And I was like, just see what the journey we're going to take you on. Um, and so I held, I held tight to that with, with all the ups and downs. And, you know, you could really go, uh, people are talking about it everywhere, Twitter and Reddit and Facebook and Instagram. I'm seeing videos on Instagram and it's, it's so fulfilling to see it when it hits and then it's heartbreaking if somebody doesn't like it. And that, you know, you go on all those wild emotions, but I just, um, when, you know, when you would see something negative, I would just say like, I'm so proud of this show and I'm, you know, when all said and done, I will, uh, whether people love it or hate it, there's things in this, in each episode that I worked on that AJ worked on that I absolutely adore and love. And I'm so, so proud of, um, as a team, as a group of writers, as our perform, like our actors, I think what AJ and I brought to the table, like what Jason brings, like, I'm just proud of us as a team and what we were able to art. Like, I feel like we're just a little team, <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, we kind of grew in post-production, but there's still the original four of us. It's me and AJ, our two assistants, Alex and Francesca, and we call ourselves the OG crew. The OG crew. And, and Kate, our, our post-supervisor, Caitlin, who's our AP, and Robbie Stevenson, who's our post-supervisor, and, um, and who am I missing, AJ, from the original group? Uh, that's, well, of course, Kip Kroger, our yeah. amazing uh, boss who gave me the opportunity to come on this show. You know, I yeah. came in as the, sort of the rookie on season one. Alex and I did, you know, Mel and Kip and, and Frankie and Caitlin and Robbie all, you know, had done, you guys had done a bunch of shows for Bill Lawrence before. So, um, but yeah, it was just great to be welcomed onto the crew. And yeah, it, it's it been like a family working with uh, you all for the last three years. And uh, we're still in it. We're still doing podcasts. So we still see each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going to... Uh, I don't know. How, I don't know how we're going to cope <laughs> dealing yeah. with the loss of all this great family and this great team. Yeah, I think we quite haven't processed it all yet. That that. Oh yeah. We, we might need, not uh, be coming back together again in a couple of months. You know. I'm going to need yeah. some sessions sessions with my own Dr. Sharon. I think uh, <laughs> not to kind of talk to her and call her up, but I mean, just to answer your your original question. I mean, look, the when a show that uh, started off as what we were thought was just going to be a small sketch show because that's what Ted Lasso originally was to then turn into something at the end of season one. Um, Mel and I were like, you know, people are going to watch this, this British show, you know, about soccer that, you know, it's about two things Americans don't really like soccer and <laughs> kindness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no disrespect to my countrymen, but uh, you know, we didn't know that they would like it. And then to see it turn into a, <laughs> an international, you know, phenomenon to the point where you had Jason saying, it's not a show, it's a vibe. Um, those are massive expectations to go into a season three with. And everybody has their own vision of what a season three should be. I, I did too. And so 
you know, and I, I love all the fans out there. They're wonderful. And I love reading all their comments on, on Facebook and Twitter. And look, I'll admit uh, every um, Wednesday morning, <laughs> I would log on to social <laughs> media and just see like when, when people would get a reference, like, yes, they got it. They got it. Mm-hmm. They understand what we're doing there. Or when they would write something, so what were they? I, I never even, how could they think that? And um, so, yeah, it was um, wonderful to see our, our fans, but I'll just say that everybody had their expectations. And so that that's very difficult for a show. And, you know, as Ted Lasso says, be curious, not judgmental. And, and some people, our fans really latched on to what they believe the show needed to do. And so, but I loved the comments of other fans saying, you know, watch the show that's there, not necessarily the show you have in your head. Yeah, and I would I would advise that to all the fans who are um, hurt that certain endings didn't happen the way they wanted them to. Yeah, you know, and there were so many different fan theories out there, but and I don't want to call her out too much, but I guess I will. But I did notice I'm the one that kind of admits everybody to our Facebook page, and it was like a couple of weeks ago or something like that. Francesca joined the Facebook page, and I was like, <laughs> "Yes," because <laughs> so, uh, you guys had talked so highly of your assistance uh, in the last mm-hmm. interview that we had done. Um, but you know, it, we are in this weird. space face right now. And I know that you all know, uh, you you mentioned to us before we even started talking, you know, nothing uh, uh, in addition to what we've heard in the press. So, but I think we at least have to ask uh, the question that, you know, there's Hannah's out there on shows right now saying she wants to lock Jason in a dungeon uh, and tell him to write more Ted Lasso. You know, there's, there's so many people, uh, Apple TV yesterday uh, at the time of this interview actually teased that maybe we move on with our new uh, group of coaches, uh, into Richmond. So I just want to know, like, you know, what, what are your thoughts about all of this? And I mean, if you had any particular, like, do you feel like we should let it lay or, or to um, have these three amazing seasons and then have that be Ted Lasso, or would you love to see other uh, stories kind of come up from here after this three season arc that Jason had kind of masterminded in his head? And AJ, if you want to go first on this one. Uh, I did see that, that tweet that came out from Apple TV, and then uh, uh, Nick Muhammad <laughs> tweeted back the uh, the you know, mouth mouth zip emoji. So you know, thanks, Nick. That's uh-huh. uh, um, <laughs> that's getting everybody's wheels turning. I mean, I don't know anything specific. Uh, I do know that so many people on the crew, or uh, including Hannah and the cast, were or continue probably to bug Jason. Um, <laughs> to do some sort of a season four, but it, look, I take him at his word that this, this iteration of Ted Lasso is complete and you know, there might be, but that doesn't rule out that there might be another version of it someday. And I was uh, thrilled to see that shot in Melissa's episode in 312 um, where Keeley brings in the proposal and it's the women's league. Mm-hmm. You know, so that to me yes. is beautiful. That got me excited just as a, not just as a, the editor, but also as a fan of the show like that could certainly be a, a future uh, storyline. Um, so yeah, I think there, there's things left open, but um, I, I understand if Jason and the writers and the team want to take a break, it's been a, a very long three years for them and, but we'll see, maybe they'll, uh, they'll, they'll, you know, wake up with some new energy and some new ideas and wish them well. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to get back together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I love that there's like ambiguity with it all. Like just like keeping the hope alive a little bit. I mean, whatever. Sometimes it's the hope that kills you, though. Oh, (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I teed it up Good for you, plug. so I'm glad you. You I'm really did. You, I just had to. Yeah. I had yes. to. Um, but I think, I mean, I know I feel like I need a break, but I also know that in a couple months I'll be like, I miss, <laughs> I miss Ted. Um, but Jason's just brilliant. So whatever, he, if he wants to, to do something in the Ted Lasso universe of, of another storyline, I know he could do it. Um, and if he wants to do something brand new, I would be excited about that, you know? So I'm, um, I would probably say n- never say never just because watching, you know, Jason's mind work in the room and just how creative and smart and fast and fun he is. Like I saw a few people really love the, um, the uh, kinky boots retort yeah. in 12. <laughs> That's an ADR line of Jason. He, that wasn't, that wasn't scripted. That wasn't in the original cut. Like we had a little bit of time. It was, you, if you notice it's on his back and, and we ran through, all, it was like, what could fit in there? It was like Phantom of the Opera. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it was like we ran through all the musicals. And then um, it might have been a Brendan kinky boots. We all just like lost it and started laughing. Anyways, you know, they find that stuff like all they're on all the time. And they're just finding ways to just take things higher and higher and higher. So I just, um, if they need a break to kind of think about what's next. Um, I, I think it would benefit every everybody and everything. And then if they want to jump back in, I'm like, where's the dotted line let's go but i think we have to give them give them that creative space and maybe the writer's strike will do that out on the picket line maybe when they're walking they'll be thinking of story ideas so maybe don't yeah. bug them too much out there that's the best thing you the best thing we could say right there is just like don't bug them guys they might be writing <laughs> season four exactly. well they're not writing right now but maybe they can't right, stop those brain. they can't stone stop those beautiful brains of theirs i don't yeah. know yeah. it's like when yeah. someone tells you know don't think of an elephant you're, you're gonna think of it so i'm sure they're out oh, there now I, I just ideas. got this big elephant in my head <laughs> Thank you. When the inception are out there too um and i do love what you said there though guys though about like i think it's a testament to the writing to the editing to everything in the show that people want to see these characters move on, you know, like they, they want a spinoff with, you know, Roy and, and Nate and beard coaching the team. They want the AFC women's team. They want to know if, you know, Barb and Keely are going to do their PR firm. Like it's, it's amazing to me that, you know, like that kind of, to me just stems about how great the show really is. It's just like, you've got all these characters in there. Um, you know, I would love to see Sam go off to uh, the Nigerian football team, you know, and, and like try to get his, his uh, goal there. You know, there's just so many different things that could spin out from this. And yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, you mentioned um, about, you know, the AFC women's uh, AFC Richmond women's team. I loved the note that Ted left for Trent on the book where he says, you know, it's not about me, it never was. And that kind of, I think, is a little bit of a meta thing there. It's just like, you know, it, it, it can be about everyone else. It doesn't need to just be about Ted Lasso anymore. And, you know, we all get to kind of carry that away there. So um, I don't know. I guess my question on that would be, like, are there any of those little specifics that you guys would like to see? Like any little storylines you would want to see move on most of all, Melissa? <laughs> Um, I, I think, uh, I've, I'm a big Barb fan, so I would, I'd, I'd spend some time at KJPR with Barb and Keely. I tell you, I, Katie I, killed it this year, man. I yeah. loved her so much. I, She's I, so, I did too. Like talk about coming into a cast that's like so gelled and then just quietly killing it every week where I think like maybe at first people were like, do we really need like, what, who's this? Da, da, da. And I was like, just wait. Cause we were, uh, you know, ahead 
of where when we were sending it to the studios and the networks and all that kind of stuff. So I was just like, just you wait, she's going to become the person to watch, you know? So I, I really love that. And the yeah, the women's team as a former, you know, athlete, the women's team really excites me because I think that's something we haven't seen really is like mm-hmm. the sports story from the women's side. And uh, people always ask me like, did you play you know, soccer? I was like, no, but I was part of a team and it felt a lot like, like our, what we, what we did felt a lot like what our guys were doing in the locker room. And I just think that would be a really interesting space. And I know Jason would put a, a twist on it. That wouldn't be cliche. Mm-hmm. You know? Showtime has a uh, show about women's soccer, but they're all busy oh, eating each other. So different. I don't know <laughs> that that works out right now. Uh, but no. Oh right, great. yes, I know what you're talking. About. Yellow jackets. Like, yeah. 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 Like, oh yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, I, I love that. I loved reading that uh, Lionel Messi is coming to MLS. Um, that was just announced, I think, this morning, and. Uh, so you know, maybe we can follow Zava. I think he's coming to yeah. LA, LAFC. That'd be oh pretty, pretty cool to see see what he does and how he um, takes over that team. And hopefully, he stays because you know he's not known for sticking around. Only for a year, um, though. For yeah. Zava. To Ajax. I love that that shot in Ajax. Was like yeah. 2018 to 2018. 2018. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, but look, that was uh, a visual effect. That was a visual effect. Oh, Those yeah, years, that, was that was a joke added after the fact as well, because um, it, it was hard to tell that maybe that was Zava. So then we ended up putting names up there and then we the, uh, the year thing happened. Anyways, hilarious. Fun. But uh, my inspiration, <laughs> I love the shot where um, Roy goes in with Dr. Sharon and uh, she closes the door as it, this has been her visual motif to do when she kind of closed the door you know on ted in season two and he really was dying to get in there into that chair um i would love to see roy kent go through therapy and uh you know become a better person and i think answer the question that rebecca asked him you know what what do you really want roy and that's um that's a great question for him to delve into with dr sharon you know what is his true wishes that he wants to manifest and uh so i'd love to see uh, uh how roy grows as a character Hey man, I so think uh, look, Kevin Feige has his uh, thumbs or his his claws into Brett Goldstein right now. I think it's a race, man. <laughs> Either do something with him, Feige, or we're going to take him back. That's what I say. Well, and he's writing, he's killing it on shrinking too, and just doing some amazing yeah. stuff. But we yeah. talked about you know speculation and and sort of the overall wrap up. Now we get to really nerd out on some of this editing stuff. Mm, so yes, I yeah, uh, there we go. I am super excited about this. First of all, thank you so much. You made my prediction come true in that this is like the super fan prediction that I made. But somebody actually laughed at me on our predictions episode when I said, I think the editors are going to switch positions and that uh, AJ is going to do the odd episodes and Melissa is going to do the even episodes. Why did you decide to do that? I I don't know how that happened. I think think, uh, Kip Kroger um, mentioned it to me. And probably because, like, you know, Melissa did the, the, the pilot, so it probably felt right that she bookended with the, the finale. And maybe it was but, just to kind of shake things up. <laughs> yeah. And I think, too, I was like, I kind of did a little um, indie movie in between seasons, too. So may- maybe that had some factor into it, too. I can't remember at the time, but mm-hmm. I, was, I was, like, working on that a little bit. 
So it wasn't because you wanted to make a Midwestern podcaster be correct in his prediction. <laughs> for season right. three. Maybe. Uh, you know, maybe Kip was listening and then and made the call. Maybe, maybe that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. <laughs> he that's was like, so I got to, he's but, like, I can, can control that one. Uh, I remember Mel, Mel came, came to me, Mel, and said, okay, you're doing the, the opening episode. So oh, let me yeah. just tell you, it's having done two past opening episodes that the, pressure is on in that one because everyone's eyes are on it it's the first one uh it gets intense and it's also you, you that's the one that's in the in the can the longest so it'll have the most revisions and fair enough we did we did kind of do a ton of revisions and try different things and um but you know when i knowing that i was going to do the first episode and i got the script and I, it said um you know open on a close shot of Ted Lasso. That, that was very powerful. I, I had to like put the script down and go for a walk, just that opening line, because mm -hmm. I just knew what that meant. I knew that mm -hmm. if we're gonna open on Ted, we're going to close on Ted. And so that was just, you know, emotional for me because I knew immediately that this was the last season. Cause when we began with season three, we didn't necessarily know that. Okay. Um, okay. So that was uh, that was a powerful uh, opening first shot. And I went back and looked how we did it in season one with Rebecca and season two with Nate. And I remember calling up Mel and like, exactly how many frames is it the fade to black? Is it 40? Is it 60? I think, <laughs> I think Mel said it was like something like 62 or something. I don't know. So I, I made it that exact. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. did a lot of yeah, yeah pull-ups of previous Sorry, the fade, the fade of, up, yeah. the fade up to yeah. black. Sorry, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, 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 well, and that was that was one of the things that I love too because what I was really looking forward to. I know AJ, I tweeted you, this to you like a million years ago. It seems I was just like, "This is what I want my final song of Ted Lasso to be," and you didn't use it. You didn't use "Guiding Light" by Mumford and Sons. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not mad about it or anything. But so, um, the fact of, can I just say something about that before I forget? Yeah, yeah. And now I might jump in here. That Cat uh, uh, Stevens' uh, father and son oh. song that was very intentional. Jason had that idea. Uh, see from a long time back and i know this because i tried to put cat stevens father and son in 208 when uh jamie oh, has the yeah. fight with his dad yeah, yeah. and this is just a tip you know when we when we do the editor's cut we try to take a stab at what the music should be so you know it's the editor's cut and i and uh i i put that in just to be like it, it feels like we just had this father and son scene and i was always very in tune to the show's reference of father and son father and sons you know jason told me in season one that, that ted's dad committed suicide so every time there was a reference in the show about fathers and their relationship with their sons that, that really resonated with me and i took extra care in the editing to try to track that and take pauses in the in the reactions um so anyway i'd use father and son and you know jason you know he might have been watching the editor's cut or something and he, and he sent a text to me and he's like please don't use that cat stevens song it's spoken for and I was like, yeah. okay, so I'm curious, curious where that's going to go. But then when I read 312, I, I thought, I bet she's going to end with that. So it, it was a beautiful song to end with. And Mel did such a great job in that montage. Yeah, that's, you, you, that's exactly where I was going with it because the, the Cat Stevens' father and son is just – it's amazing because I had heard that song like a, many, many, many years ago. My dad played it for me when I was really young and, you know, obviously didn't understand it. Now that I've got two old boys of my own, it makes me cry every time I hear it. But, um, you know, for me, like the indelible image of that is, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 um, at the end of that film when that takes on a whole nother meaning. And the, the second I hear those chords, Mel, I'm just like, 
oh my god like i I, how did i not know that this was going to be the last song there so can you talk to me just about editing that whole sequence together because there's so many things that go into that father and son sequence um but i said at the beginning i think ted's love story is henry and that that's where it has to end and you know the second i heard those cards i was like ah i know where they're going and i'm about to lose it so yeah like editing that (laughs) Yeah, that was, I mean, we had a few montages this season and Jason would bring out his, um, you know, his um, uh, note cards and mm-hmm. line them up on the table. And it, it's real. It, they're real. They were real puzzle pieces. And um, but yeah, he was we were really specific about he wanted um, Ted and Rebecca to take up that first verse. So we had that. And then we had all these other shots and as they were coming in when they were shooting them, I was like, wait, how long is this cat Stevens song? Because <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh no, I have so many, how, I have so much story to tell and the way, you know, panning shots and all this stuff. And I was like, w- like, you know, the Trent, even the Trent um, signing the book, yeah. you know, uh, the, the pub guys were there. And I was just like, oh, I have to get them in and soccer. You know, it was one of those things where I was like pulling my hair out of like, how do I get it all in to the length of the song? Because it's not really one that you can edit. There's not a big long instrumental. Like when I did Rainbow, um, our beautiful music editor, uh, Richard, he like, I kind of like put where I wanted the lyrics and then, you know, the piano part strung it out and there was dialogue. So we kind of, you know, he did some magical stuff where people were talking that you didn't quite hear the music edits and stuff and it, and made a, whatever that is like a four minute song, made it a seven minute song for Roy's yeah. run. But you can't really do that with Cat Stevens, except I was like, oh, Beard's wedding. What if we went and did like an instrumental version? The orchestra version. Oh, it was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that I, I ended up just the temp with pulled this like student version. And the only one I could find was like the student version. And I used that. But then our, our, our um, for the final Tom Howard mm-hmm. composer uh, did it in time. Because it was so funny watching them. We do a sound spot at Once We Lock and watching their faces and I didn't think that it sounded that bad, but watching their faces on the we do a Zoom and what because uh, Tom's in London and watching his face, hearing just like a student's version of of that was hor- horrified. So then he made it he made it much much more beautiful. But yeah, so so Beard's wedding allowed us a little bit of freedom for that. So then it was yeah about so it was Ted and Rebecca that first verse, and then we then we were like okay, okay we could do this, this story and this story and this story and this is connects to this and. Um, I think I think we we locked it at something like two thirty at night, which was uh, you know the finale did did us a little bit like that with uh, late nights with Jason, and we ordered Chinese food. It was like a Saturday, so it was just me and Jason and Frankie. It was really cool, you know. It was like a really felt like film school a little bit of just because it was such a big story to tell, and you know, even though I know he's had it in his mind forever, it's then once you're staring down of like all this footage that we had we really had to like dial in and um and yeah pull back in some places like we were like okay well we see the pub guys with their um with their um stock so maybe they don't they're not in the trent scene so it was just little things like that and then and um and 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 then once we got it close frame you know we were like framing it to get it 
Because he also really loved where it fell when he turns around and Henry comes running out. Um, that was that was a place Jason said it got him every time. Boosted the music a little right there. Oh, uh, I ride that music. That's yes. In our in our playback, I was like, ride that music up right there. You know. Um, God, trust me. Yeah. Trust me yeah. Yeah. Music's always been such a such a huge part of this show, and we talked about it so much when we talked to you. Um, last time about season one and season two but one of the songs that sort of just caught the fandom and the world by storm because it hadn't previously been released and so we we're all trying to track it down that morning was in the penultimate episode aj and mm-hmm. sam Ryder and fought mm-hmm. and lost that no, that incredible. that perfect That's song so can you walk us through it that it wasn't even it, on itunes yet <laughs> isn't that amazing um <laughs> so that song was something that Tom Howe was working on. Like it was like a secret project. And he he sent an email actually to our assistant editors and, and Francesca Castro flagged it to me and said, oh, make sure you see this email from Tom. There's this song he's he's writing with Sam Ryder who w- was apparently second place in Eurovision. Eurovision and, yeah. um, and he said, she said to me, like, check this out. And Tom is wondering if there's a spot for this. And so uh, I listened to it and I said, wow, what, what a beautiful song. And, and, okay. and again, when we, when we play songs originally in the editor's cut, you know, we're just trying things and seeing, seeing how they work. And so um, I did a rough edit of it in, in 311 in that spot at, at the end of where Ted's talking with his mom after the thank you, fuck you scene, and then running through um, Rebecca and Ted waking up on the couch and seeing the note from mom and into the locker room. I was like, oh my God, this, this really incredibly works. And um, so I put it in, I sent it over to our music editor who kind of cleaned it up and R- Richard Brown's a great guy. And he, he doesn't often to get excited about things, but he sent me a slack. He's like, this is fucking incredible. <laughs> <All caps. laughs> so, uh, it's, and it just really fit. And it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes we put a song in and we're trying like 20, 30, 40 cues with Jason trying to figure out what it is, but this one, it went in and it just fit. And um, Tom said to me, uh, make sure you let Jason know that he, he bumped into um, uh, 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 Sam at a concert in London. And so he, he kind of knows him, but I played it for Jason and Jason didn't know what it was. It's a new song. He's never heard it before. And even Brendan didn't know. And they're like, is that, is that Queen? Is that Freddie Mercury? I'm like, no, but it sounds just like him. He's, his voice is incredible. And then to find out that then when they mixed it to bring in Brian May on the, guitars that happened after the fact the version i did uh, i heard was a very temp uh, orchestration it didn't have that but uh jason just absolutely loved it and um you know yeah he, he has a joke with me like you know sometimes when music just works he's, we call it the um you know the the pink floyd wizard of oz effect you know when you just, it just happens to line up dark side of the moon with wizard of oz we have those moments sometimes on ted lasso like right when he says see you know see you uh you know, same time same place next year Mm-hmm. Just as we cut to the exterior shot of Richmond and Ted's walking in the the locker room, that that just really hit, and it just every time I watch it, I still get the feels, and I've seen it thousands of times. When I first heard it, I thought this sound not even just like lyrically or, or vocally with Sam Ryder, the music just sounds like Queen. It sounds like that right? kind of dissonant chording that Queen mm-hmm. always did. Yeah, when writing. I was like, 
yeah. and it was driving me nuts. I was like, I need and to it, make my show notes. Who is this? <laughs> and they do a flourish with some vocals in there. I don't know if it's Brian May or Sam doing them. It sounds like the, the, there's like a vocal flourish. It sounds uh-huh. a bit like, you know, Flash Gordon or something that the Queen yeah, would yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really I cool. hope you both can tell just how excited we are. We're like bouncing up and down in our Zoom screens <laughs> here while we talk about this stuff. Like we can nerd about out about this uh, with you for hours. But there, a couple more. I, I think there's one more song that Jeremy really wants to point out. But I also want to mention just the. Um, you know, I, there were times where I was like, man, I really just want to like, let these two know how much this show is impacting me this year. But the Hey Jude scene was just, oh my gosh, like that just hit like crazy. And so, um, again, not so much a question there, just like a thank you for the getting these, the music right and getting, um, those emotional beats. So right, uh, for us as an audience and being able to experience that is just remarkable. Yeah. That was one of those scenes where I was like, I'm so proud of this show and I will remember that scene forever. That's, that's one that got me every time I watched it, even though I'd seen it a bazillion times and the part that really got me was when henry turns and then rack focus to you know ted in the distance and i was like lost it every time you know i think <laughs> it's such a universal you know universal thing and yeah got me through a dark time too so uh, I think I wrote, we, we, we chatted about that where I was like, yeah, that was the one time it, where I completely yeah, yeah. broke my rule. And I'm like, I'm going to reach out to these two because <laughs> yeah. this was too uh, impactful. So that was a beautiful yeah. email you sent. Thank you for yeah, sending that. Thank you. And, yeah. and that's what makes us, I think, work the late hours. You know, it, it's not uncommon to be working with Jason at one in the morning, you know, this he, you know, he's an SNL guy uh, through and through. And that, that's all he, he just is, loves to be up late. And, uh, you know, sometimes he'd have to, you know, go home, put his kids to bed. And he's like, do you, do you mind if we work a little bit more in Zoom tonight? Mm-hmm. And so I would go home and Zoom with him a little bit more. And normally you wouldn't have the energy to like keep working at midnight. And I could just feel my, you know, my body being exhausted. But it was just knowing that, that we were putting together something so beautiful and that the fans respond to it. And it touches so many people's hearts that it kept me going. I didn't mind putting in those overtime hours. Again, thank God for unions. But uh, it was... <laughs> It was it was really worth it to to just keep keep going. The show gives you an energy. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the the last kind of music uh, craziness that I'll bring up here is that I think one of the best episodes this season was uh, La Locker Room of Fall. Um, yeah. Not Thank even you. just because of <laughs> La Casa Fall. We Craig and I are musical nuts. Uh, we are currently. Mm-hmm knee deep in uh, uh stage shows ourselves uh craig mm-hmm. is the production of beauty of the beast i'm directing one of oh, school nice. of rock so we're crazy oh, nice. Um, and, uh, nice congrats yeah thank you very much um but it, that one in particular i loved the two songs that you used at the end of that and most notably of course mm-hmm. i am what i am from lacage again right. one of the theater songs ever written um especially if you hear the right person um but also i love that you use bear dens uh, all that you mm-hmm. are yes that episode mm-hmm. You know, a song that when I first heard it, I thought was a lot more melancholy because it sounds like a breakup song <laughs> most of the time. But when you listen to the lyrics, but the the vocals and the music is so lush and it really took on that new meaning with Nate's story there. Um, yeah. so were those you, AJ? Um, okay, so okay, so Kajo Fall, uh, another example of Jason uh, being up late at night. He sent a text to Mel and I, and it must have come in, I think, it, I recall it came in like one or two in the morning. He must have been on London time and not being aware of the LA time difference. But he sent us both a text and he's like, 
whatever you're doing, stop whatever you're doing right now, put on your headphones <laughs> and listen to um, I am what I am. And, you know, and I think, again, it was one in the morning. It's like, well, you know, I was planning to go to bed, but sure, I'll, I'll do it. And <laughs> I just, I, I knew about Kajo Fall. And I remember hearing the Gloria Gaynor version of what I am what I am. It's just become a bit of a gay anthem. It's played at, at WeHo Pride uh-huh. in the parade. And, but this was the original George Hurden version. And um, it was just absolutely um, incredible to hear that. And those lyrics are just so empowering. You know, I love the line, you know, um, I deal my own deck, sometimes the ace, sometimes the deuces. And I deuces. think that resonates with, with Jason, who's always, you know, dealing cards behind us in the, in the edit bay. It's just something he uses as a bit of a, I think, of a stress reliever. And he just, like, he's a, a great, you know, magician and he loves to do, you know, work with cards. But so Jason said, use that song. And he wanted that to be the the ending of the the episode. And, and then he also said in the text, and by the way, this this episode is now named um, La Locker Room of Fall. Uh, because they they sometimes change the names of the episodes, you know, Brendan and Joe and Jason. So he was very, really locked to that title. So I, um, the next day I was in the middle of director's cut with uh, Erica Dutton. And I said, you know, this text came in and she didn't even know about it. And she's like, okay, so that's what we're using. Okay, great. So we tried it. And then uh, we were like, well, what are we, how are we going to begin the opening and we were like, well, if we're going to end with the Kajo Fall, that song is the act one finale, but it feels very much like the the, the grand resolution of like Kaj. We're like, why don't we start with the overture for the opening? Yes. <laughs> and we tried that. And it just like the way it begins under those titles, Apple and Warner Brothers, it just feels like a such a welcome to to the show. And, and, and that was really uh, beautiful. And we had our music editor cut that. So that really worked well with that opening montage. And then um, Bears Den, All That You Are, uh, I give credit to um, Erica for thinking of that one. And that really carried us through those scenes, you know, through the Roy um, press conference and into uh, Nate, you know, uh, coming home and hugging, embracing Jade, and then into, um, you know, uh, Isaac coming over to Colin's house. And again, Jason hears these things. And he always says, you know, when I hear it, I'll know it when I hear it. That means he knows that that's the song when he hears it. And that's another case of one that he's like, absolutely, fuck yes, that's the song. And I think he loved it because it ends with the lyrics. I, I hope you find uh, someone who uh, loves you for all that I am. And mm-hmm. that also ties into the Kaja Fall, I am who I am. Jason loves um, alliteration like that when we have words that kind of repeat as a message. So, yeah, that was another one that just really fit and, and was just so beautiful. Yeah. Well, that Colin storyline is one that both of you uh, had the ability to kind of edit with and play with. And what I love about, I mentioned it so many times in our recaps, and of course it's the actors giving the performance as well, but you two are so great at lingering on facial expressions for like the exact amount of time. And so... Oh, I remember just even uh, when Trent comes out of Ola's and uh, sees uh, Colin and at first, you know, we didn't necessarily assume that Trent was gay and it was more like, oh no, what's going to happen? He's writing this book. Is He's an investigative journalist. Is this going to go a completely different way? And it's like the, the story kind of gets told through these next episodes in a beautiful way. And uh, then it culminates in that scene in Amsterdam. That's just absolutely gorgeous. And so I just wonder about like, uh, can you walk us through how you as editors 
find those small moments that you know are going to be impactful, maybe even later on, or that the audience may be really satisfied by that. There's there's so many examples of that with Hannah's performance of so these little facial expressions that just make an entire scene, even if she's not the focal point of that scene. I, I yeah, the actors are just amazing. Like that's the thing that. Um... You know, I think AJ and I, I think AJ and I are great at our jobs, but I think the actors have like really allowed us to showcase that, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, I feel so um, lucky to have, be able to work with that footage because there's not like, God, there's not a bad performance usually in the lot. Like there's always almost too much to work with. And um so yeah, a lot of the times it's um you have to watch everything because it's not always about who's talking. A lot of the time and most times it's not. It's like how that's reacting to the other person cuz they're saying something that you know um hits the other person. There's so many examples of that where um I, I mean AJ's episode remember where they're like sorry I could be a bit psychic and I can you know what I mean and, and oh, yeah. they're they're each <laughs> yeah, going yeah, through yeah. their own thing but if they're really it's relating to the other person. So those are the kind of things where you're like, um, and so yeah, that, that Trent um, Collins scene on the steps in Amsterdam, um, it really, you know, you didn't know, you, you kind of discovered tr- Trent's story in that moment as well. And so when Collins recounting his story, um, there were so many beautiful moments where James Lance was reacting to, and I felt like, oh, he's been down this road. And so then you kind of see that's why he was always watching him and 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 with such a with such an eye and um, we really had to to plant that because they, uh, Jason was really like yeah people aren't gonna know if Trent's gonna after three if Trent's gonna you know spill the beans like he did with a panic attack or or what I mean I think they really loved that idea and then uh, you know we had a few jokes where Colin made some jokes that mm-hmm. knowing what you knew you were like ah and then Trent clocks those and so it was always you always have to watch those performances because sometimes they'll be in a a panning shot and they just like pan for that one reaction and you have to remember okay that's take to be you know and and um you, they got it in that one that one and that's so that's got to go there and um yeah. And then also it's, it's about writing the performances. I, Jason and I talked a lot about uh, that, that, that scene on the steps because um, this was our first time with Colin and having that big emotional speech there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Jason was like, did you approach this any differently than you would have with like me or Hannah? Or, and I was like, no, not really. And so we were, um, you know, only only cutting away when we really felt like we had to because his performance was strong enough to stay there and um, to really ride it out with him. And so you really only wanted to leave when you felt like you really had to, you know, like there was a really pressing issue for you to leave or we, we cut a line. You know, those were the only mm-hmm. times to leave to his performance. And so... And, and we talked, we had a chance to talk to James and, and he mentioned that Billy got a lot of that, like that a lot of that was rewrites, like kind of going to set, which is just incredible too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, James and uh, Billy uh, visited us in the editing room this year amongst a lot of the other cast. And um, I remember being there when Mel played that um, scene at the Homo Monument and it was just so touching to watch James and Billy see it for the first time. And 
because he, you know, he's wonderful. James Lance is an incredible actor and he really appreciates the editing. Um, every time I've bumped into him at these events, uh, lasso parties, you know, he's just so complimentary and appreciates all the work that we do and gets it and understands, um, you know, Jason's role in the editing room. He, he kind of compares it to Jason's role in the set, the way, um, you know, Jason will come in, you know, and, and, and James has kind of a funny impression of him where Jason's like stroking his beard and like walking around very <laughs> silent and looking around. He's like, well, what if we, you know, move the camera here and do the shot and then you say this and the whole set, according to James, is like, oh my God, remember that's incredible. And then they do it. Um, <laughs> and we told him he, it's similar in the editing room. He, he'll come in with um, an idea, like, like using a piece of music or moving something around, restructuring how it's written or coming up with a line of ADR you know, he, he is an absolute genius and he really appreciates, um, and he's told this to me many times. He, he says that the, the, the editing room is the final rewrite. You know, they, they, they write the script, you know, at the top and they do some rewriting, you know, during shooting, which is, which is normal. And then the final rewrite is in the cutting room. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's really powerful. Uh, and to answer your question about the cutaways, the, yeah, our cast is so incredible. You know, what they give you on their face, they just tell so much story. And I love doing um, cutaways that really mean something. You know, one that sticks out to me is in episode five when um, uh, in signs after, you know, Ted's giving the speech to the to the locker room at the end after he rips the the believe sign, you know, and um, he's talking about how he he doesn't want to deal with, you know, you know, uh, anger and, and shame and all these, these issues that bog people down and on the word shame we cut to Colin kind of giving this reaction because he hasn't come out yet and he's still holding that in and he still has shame around his, who he is. And so, yeah, I love having those, those moments that, that really are powerful in the psychic scene with, with Tish, you know, when, <laughs> um, when uh, she says to him, you know, it's been a real uh, challenge for you. Or the uh, Tish says, you know, it, you've been through a lot uh, lately and she's, this face like how do you know i've been through a lot and the doctor does it the same too when she goes to the fertility clinic and the doctor's like uh must be you know it's it's, it's a, this has been a rough time for you and she's like what and he's talking about richmond but mm -hmm. I, the, the the looks the looks that hannah gives is just so powerful and, and yeah sometimes it's about staying on the look and giving the actor that that moment and kind of knowing when when not to cut away rather than uh, when to cut well you know in, in sort of that way uh aj the one of my favorite edit jobs of the whole season was this, the uh, part in La Lacre Mafal where Colin finally feels like he can uh, tell the mm -hmm. team some very interesting choices there, um, you know, because it's clear that it was handled with a lot of care. Um, and the fact that like when the locker room is talking and Colin is building up his confidence or at least his resolve, you know, we stick on his face and, you know, we're hearing the lines out there in the, but we're sticking on his face. And mm -hmm. I love, kind of the fact that we don't get to hear him say it like we don't really need mm -hmm. that, part of that scene you know what we need is the aftermath right right yeah that was um all right look so you know a lot of fans ask like what is cut out and not a lot is you know pretty much what they write and what they shoot is in where there's not too much that's left on the cutting room floor we do cut lines jason mm -hmm. wants to move something along or feels that a line is unnecessary and so yeah, so Colin says, uh, you know, whoa, 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 guys, you know, Isaac's not gay. And then we let the little pause linger there, and then we cut to the the scene in the boot room with uh, Roy and Isaac. But he did go on to say, you know, Isaac's not gay. I am, 
And we had that in the cut and, and Jason did like that, how it tied again, the words I am, how it ties to I am who I am at the end. But we just felt that that was a moment better left, you know, unspoken, you know, it, you know, we wanted Colin to come out in a way that is, is true to him and we didn't want to kind of step on that. And so we wanted to leave that to the audience's imagination. So that was an example of cutting before an actor finishes a line. Um, but yeah, that, that was a very powerful episode and, and, and just really seeing him uh, come out and then, then the whole follow-up scene with Ted comparing being gay to being a Denver Broncos fan. It's just, just a wonder, wonderful. And then the Broncos experience. responding with that. You know? Yes, right, right. That was so great. <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned that not a lot is cut, but I will say, you know, it was very cruel of you all to cut the scene where Jeremy and I go to the Crown and Anchor and that we meet May uh, and everybody else. Uh, you know, but whatever, I get it. I get it. Some things just get cut. <laughs> can't keep all your babies <laughs> but let's move on to some of our listener questions because we did ask them what questions they might have for you and we'll go to melissa first on this one uh this is from debbie smith she said and now this is i know that these are going to be some hard questions for you to answer but which episode did you enjoy editing the most and why and i guess that this could be I mean, you're now looking back at three seasons worth so if there's one in particular that you wanted to mention but melissa your thoughts well, I always, I always say I love all my Ted Lasso babies. Like I really do. I, I'm not like, um, I'm not kidding. But there's been some special <laughs> ones that really, um, really each season. You know, season one was uh, make Rebecca great again. That was a that was just so special in every way. Um, it was really me being like, wow, this show is something. And then mm -hmm. season two. Um, uh, rainbow with Roy Kent return I mean I was like from season one I was like I I feel like I Babe Ruth Royce Kent's like you know heartthrob status because I was the lady in post the one lady in post that was like I am in love with him he's my <laughs> he's my um editing boy my editing room boyfriend like I really loved him and so then I I just felt such a like his romantic comedy basically of uh running to the pitch was so super special and I know it's a controversial one, but Beards Night Out was just the most fun to cut. It was say one of my one favorites. Of the best episodes. <laughs> I, it's the one people want to talk to me about the most. And I'm like, I, you know, it's like one of those ones where I was like, you and I would be friends. You know, if you like that one, you and me are, are, are kindred spirits. Because I really just thought that was such a special one. Um, and so that one, that one stings my heart when people are like, I hate that episode. I just skip it. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, <laughs> And, hey, but that's indication because he's wearing the pants at his wedding all right I'm exactly sure. and <laughs> oh and his uh i have his i have his fun co-pop which he has signed for yes, me I and he's too I, have yes. <laughs> brendan, I, I got it and I had brendan sign it for me and then this season um amsterdam 306 was really special i cut that one with mm -hmm. my with francesca um uh, that one just meant a lot to us because it was basically if 107 and I think 209 had a baby, we we like to say. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then the finale. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It was the hardest. Um, at the end of a really hard season where everything was an hour long and um, <laughs> it was a lot of footage and um, so many visual effects, so many, so many visual effects. But, um, you know, that was the one that I just really wanted people to love and I was 
you know, I think subconsciously I, I booked this trip to Hawaii because I was like, I can't, I won't think I, I don't think my heart could take it if people didn't like it. Uh, so I just was like, I, I think I got to get out of town, which might've been a mistake. Cause then my phone on vacation was just blown up and people all over the place were just texting and reaching out. And I wanted to, you know, reach back out to everyone, but I also was like, no, this is vacation time. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I could say all of them, you know, and, and some of AJ's as well that I just really loved, but, um, yeah. um, it was I just a really the, special your violin. Experience. 310 the way you question about that about and i know nick's talked about that in a few interviews about you know putting that scene together but god that was gorgeous that was just so gorgeous yeah, yeah. that was another one. that's another one where i was just like wow you know pinch myself i i don't know i i would joke with jason sometimes and be like i really don't know what i'm gonna do after this because <laughs> This show has been everything I've ever wanted. So I might just like hang it up after this. No, <laughs> it's really. No, no don't do that. We can't talk to the editors out here. Oh, oh yeah. well, just some amazing ones. Uh, AJ, you have any that you want to mention? Um, I mean, I'll forever love uh, 110, The Hope That Kills You. You know, that was cut in the middle of the pandemic when we had to just be ripped away from our offices at Warner Brothers and put all the footage on a hard drive and, you know, go figure out how to edit at home and learn how to edit over zoom with Jason. Um, it was a beautiful episode because I, I, I was nominated for my first Emmy and won an Emmy. It's just something I never thought that that would happen in my career. So I'll, I'll forever love the hope that kills you. And it's just such a wonderful title that summed up the pandemic. Um, I loved I loved a lot the season three. Um, I thought that, you know, I did some of my best work, this season, of course, season two was wonderful too. The 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 funeral, um, no weddings and a funeral was beautiful. Um, but but uh, this this year, I really loved. Uh, you know, you mentioned a lot of room of fall. Um, Mom City was wonderful. Just some of the scenes of watching Jamie Tart, just you know, Phil Dunster is just an incredible actor and he absolutely. Better get that a, it'll be a crime. If better get, get that Emmy nomination. This year. <laughs> that would be just so wrong uh, for the television yeah. academy not to give that to him because he had the best arc I think of all the characters you know, he really changed you know from from if you look at it from season one to to season three and I, and I love in twelve when Nate's bringing in the the money box around and he actually puts more money in the box yeah, simple little things like that shows how much he's how he's grown um, so beautiful sequences in there the the whole uh you've got mail and nora efron scene and also in episode 307 doing the tributes to you've got mail with the whole um all the shops opening up the that was a love letter to richmond and of course i used the cranberry song right at the top because that, that's what you've got mail used and that just felt felt really right um uh, but i loved also 303 i thought you know just the simple the way zava entered and met the team for the first time mm -hmm. That sequence, and I, I talked a lot of Mel about this. I would get a lot of feedback from her on the editing of that. Um, it was a non-dialogue sequence. It was just all looks. He comes in and he looks at everybody. And then those beautiful blocking moments where he's stepping in front of Ted. And then, uh, and then they do that breathing sequence, which you wouldn't do on any other comedy show, just to take an absolute you know, minute of indulgence and just to watch a bunch of characters just breathe. You know, and I love that because that, you know, I'm a fan of going to, you know, yoga classes or meditation classes. And they talk about how breath is just so fundamental and important. And um, of course, Zava would be a master. He would know how to 
to inhale and to have a, you know, an incredibly long exhale and everybody else is struggling to keep up. But that, that was a beautiful sequence um, that I really enjoyed. So yeah. It was just so <laughs> wonderful. And, yeah. uh, and the montage of 303 was, a, was a, a, such a challenge. I worked on Jason on that with Jason on that montage for about a week. Uh, you know, as Mel said, he brought the cards out and moved everything around and he found, you know, Adriana Salentano's, uh, I can't even pronounce it, Preman Cusal. Uh, it's got a long title. That's just such a classic song that I, I discovered this year. And, and when we had that song, it also became a challenge to get that. We have a great music supervisor, Tony, who helped to get us that song. And, and Jason actually wrote a letter to um, Adriana Salentano saying um, that he showed me that it, he, we, we had to get, it was a little bit of a legal hoops to get it. And so he had to get personal permission from the artist. And, um, it was just really wonderful when we had it. And, and that, that montage will probably be one of the greatest montages I've, I've ever edited. Mm. Yeah. We got to talk to Max uh, right at the beginning, right after that episode dropped. Um, and he's a delight. He's fantastic. I think Zava is one of my favorite characters in TV <laughs> of all time. <laughs> and you mentioned the green thing there. I love it. We're part of a, a Ted Lasso podcast community and there's one Med Lasso um, by uh, Dr. Mm-hmm. Marshall. Mm-hmm. They spent literally that episode reviewing that, like just talking about the mechanics of the breathing. <laughs> like, so it's all doctors reviewing Ted Lasso. So mm-hmm. oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I love that. I, yeah, that was absolutely brilliant stuff there. Um, uh, Mel, a little question for you in the editing of the finale as well from one of our listeners here. The sequence where we see the team watching Beard's little video. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> about like yeah. kind of a goodbye video so i mm-hmm. had a personal question of this but they asked so it looked like some of that was taken from like phones and stuff was that stuff that was mm-hmm. just like the actors like recording stuff that you used and then yeah. um was that shot like with all of them watching it was that them seeing this for the first time because i thought maybe that could have been the case yeah so yes okay so it's a little bit of both so um you know they they kind of just scripted in a few like oh it's a few goals and it's this and this and this and then you know whatever but then so we made a we made like a google link and we asked all the guys to upload any videos they had um and that was all happening and then um i kept asking is anybody gonna want this for playback and you know because that that means i have to get off the dailies that I'm working on for the other episodes. And this isn't quite something that like, like, I just need you to let me know. And I, I never get an answer from anybody. Cause I think they were all jamming. And that was the very last scene they shot ever. Of oh, was that um, yes. So, uh, um, so I kept asking and I'm and like not getting an answer, not getting an answer. I was like, okay, well, great. I won't be worrying about that. And plus, um, because of space and everything, we didn't have the season one and two uh, dailies up. So I was like, you know, I wanted to go through that and I just kept putting it off and then thinking, anyways, then I get a text from Jason the day they're shooting it. <laughs> did, it did anybody get contact you? <laughs> and I was like, oh no. Ah. <laughs> and, um, and they're, you know, in London time. And I, so it was early morning here. I was getting my kids ready for school. And I just said to my husband, I was like, I gotta get out to the, like, luckily we can work from home. So I was like, I gotta get, can you do drop offs? He's like, okay. So I'm like, I was like, give me an hour. And um, so I'm like putting, I'm putting something together. And we always knew we were going to use that Ed Sheeran song. Like we had that Ed Sheeran song since the beginning as like a demo. And like Jason and I talked and we're like, that's the, you know, like that seems like the place for it, that song. And so we always knew, so at least I like always knew that, like I knew there was going to be the, the, you know, I knew the bones of it. So 
I came out, did a, uh, did a fast thing with what the guys had uploaded, but I was honestly hoping that they would upload more, but nobody ever got me anything more. But then Apple also has some people that they had um, filming things. So stuff with the, the Christmas stuff that was from Apple um, that just that was doing behind the scenes stuff. So it was like, I had like kind of a hodgepodge of things and so they didn't have it for the wide shots, but they had it for the close-up panning shots. And okay. um, and so I, I got it to them. And and uh, Jason goes, "You'll be an honorary member of the Lonely Island Club if you get this done." And that because I think I like I like I whipped something together for them on set. And um, and so yeah, they played it a couple times for them. But then um, they did like three or four run-throughs of that panning shot of the team. And um, once with the song, like you heard the song, the song um, and the music and stuff. And then they luckily, thankfully did one without. So, you know, I could use the audio in there. And then they did one and Jason just spoke to the guys uh, and was like, think about, you know, you, some of you have bought houses, your lives have changed because of the show. And like, I'm bawling, the guys were bawling. And, and my first cut of that, I had used a lot of them, like actual tears, like, like some of them couldn't even keep it together. And and we set the cut out and they were like, I think this is like undercutting the joke because they're going to cry out on the field. So we had to like, I had to dial that back a little bit, but it was, you know, so that was the very last thing they shot and everybody's crying. And then they called cut and you just see everybody flooding in. And I, that's the one place where I was like, I wish the camera operator would just kept rolling because, you know, I brought, I brought the team in, I brought AJ and Alex and Frankie and we all, and yeah. we all came into our room. Cause it's like, we didn't get to be on set, you know, we're in, mm-hmm. we're in LA and, and that's been the lovely thing about getting to be with the guys doing Emmy stuff and all that meeting the cast and actually feeling like part of the team because we know them so well, but they don't know us. But, um, you know, that was the one place where I was like, God, I wish we would have just been able to fly over there and just be in the room with them because it looked beautiful. <laughs> like it was a crush of people, tears, and then the camera cut and we were all like, oh, we just wanted to live with them for a little bit longer there. But yeah, that was um another one where you're like, what a show. <laughs> what a show. And, what, and it meant so much to the fans, but like watching those guys, like the they've their team too like you know yet sam and jamie yeah but the, all the other guys like o'brien like i got to meet all of them um bumbercatch you know all those guys too like they are are they were bonded you could tell cola and colin and uh zero they're they're all i think really close in real life too they they really did i think form a team and it was beautiful with with Mo because we had him on and he lied to our face because we asked him specifically about the mask of Zorro and he was just oh. kind of, oh yeah that's a cool idea and just moved right back. <laughs> it, was like, it, it, it was the reverse though I mean editors love to visit the set it, it's rare that you get to do that but it was the reverse the set visited yeah. us they all came yeah. to the editing room uh, once they'd wrapped and and they were getting ready for the to come for the premiere party. They all showed up. Um, yeah. So he, we had a big screening of episode 307. And so he was there and um, Mo Bumbercatch and uh, you know, all the elements are, oh, so many of, of the actors. And and we're, so we had play on episode 307 and we're, we're about, you know, five minutes into it. And, and there's a, the door barges open and then comes Brett Goldstein who's late. 
and we had to stop and did the whole thing. Well, because he was over at they, Shrinking, which is in Warner right. Brothers. So I think which he just right kind of got hurt, yeah. which I was a little <laughs> bit hurt that that was the first time he came by when other people were there. When I was like, excuse me, I have been here the whole time, Brett. <laughs> well, he, he did, I'm your he biggest did come fan. By, yeah, he did come sure. by one day to meet with Jason about something. And uh, they went, you know, Jason's office was right next to mine. So he came in and I said, hello. I said, congratulations on shrinking. And he's so sweet. He's the exact opposite of, of Roy Kent. He's the yeah. sweetest, nicest, most soft-spoken uh, man. And and so they go into their meeting and I went on our little, you know, post-production Slack. And I said, right, uh, Brett Goldstein alert. He's here. And I was like, he better stop back over at my office. And he was, he was probably busy and he didn't. But he did was- not. And I have never forgotten it. I was like, how dare he? But it also could be every t- every time I meet him, I'm always like, uh, Melissa from the edit. He's like, I know who you are. Like, I know. I know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> but I get so like starstruck. It's 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 I, it's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for myself. <laughs> yeah, he should at least bring but, you on his podcast as an apology. Um, at yeah. the very very but, least. But just to finish this story though, about you know, so also David Elsendor and Jan Moss and uh, uh, Stefan Manas, who plays uh, Montlore, Richard Montlore. They all came to the Warner Brothers lot, and Matt Lipsy, our, our director. And we just did tours of the lot with me and Mel. It turned into like, you know, AJ and Mel's lot tours. We must have done like <laughs> 10 different tours that week, just walking around <laughs> with the New York sets and the prop house. And and uh, uh, Stefan played the piano in the prop house because he's a great musician. So it's just really fun hanging out with all of them and that they came to see us and James Lance and Billy and Cola. And they're such a beautiful group of people. That is so awesome. Uh, let's go ahead and go back to a listener question again. Lindsay is asking, is there a particular scene? And we can keep this one to season three. Is there a particular scene that hits you personally or that you really personally related to? I know, Mel, you just mentioned a little bit ago about the Hey Jude scene, but um, maybe we'll go to AJ first. What is there a particular scene that just really affected you personally? Uh, uh, Jamie walking off. Um, well, first of all, the, the, the mom, his mom in, in 311 is a wonderful actress. She just played that so beautiful and that long, slow, uh, push in on them, which I didn't even really need to edit. Um, but when she cries and talks about how, you know, when you came on for England, I bawled my eyes out, you know, that, that gets me every time. And I worked with Jason on that to, uh, make sure we timed right when, you know, the, um, she looks at him, you know, and that, 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 that feeling where he's like, a, you know, he, he's trying to touch his soul and he can't speak about it. And then she embraces him and that mother son embrace. That was just such a beautiful moment. And then the whole sequence um, of him coming off the field and how we had to go around the horn and with our characters, you know, the, the, the brass up in the, in the box and the, the pub lads and the, watching on TV and, and, uh, and then of course revealing, um, Mr. Tart, who we haven't seen since Beard Night's Out, Beard's Night Out being in in rehab there and um, in visual effects, we put a little uh, poster on the wall that says progress, not perfection, which is a great tie in to the scene in 312 where Higgins is talking about perfection and being perfect and striving for that and how you know it's more about being your best self. So that's just an emotional sequence. And Tom Howe put music to that that really just felt special. So I will always remember that. And cheers to my... Uh, Assistant editor Alex Zabo, who became editor, co-editor on that, and we're going to put that episode forward for the um, for the Emmys. That's fantastic. That's wonderful, yeah. um, Melissa. Any scenes uh, that speak to you as well? 
Yeah. I mean, of course the Hey Jude one, you know, hit at a certain time in my life that just um, really, you know, just made me cry every time. But the finale, I think the one that like I really bawled at was the finale, the, um, the locker room halftime when everyone pulls out the believe sign (laughs) and I'm just like, Jason, you like nobody's gonna see this and they're coming, even you know, pulling it out it. from like things that meant something to oh, them individually Jamie, like Jamie the, pulls it out from the book from from 103 and and I then just, even richard richard pulls it out from like the bottle that he had of sand from yes. when he went that with his first supermodel like the things that like no one would think of you know yeah and that's where i was just like i'm gonna punch you in your face jason you're just too brilliant you know like i'm just like that's where i was just like just you wait fans just you wait jason's got something special for you you know when people were just like and that's what i meant like this journey has been uh, gosh, you know, I know the episode to episode, you want it to be a certain thing, but it's like this ride, he's going to take you on. If you just go on it, it will be beautiful. I promise you, you know, and so you get to the end there when everyone's pulling it out and, and out there things and, and, and the coaches are taking it in and then they come in and, and Ted comes in and says, I know there's, I know people say there's no place like home, but there's, there's not a lot of places like AFC Richmond. I, in the quiet moments when it was just me, like, 312 was one of those that was it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do because um you know 10 was over an hour and 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 that was also a big epic one with lots of intercutting and all that kind of stuff and so it was like all these episodes were taking my time away from being able to work on 312 like 312 just felt like it kept getting like well there's something always before it so I would wake up at five in the morning to get a couple hours of uninterrupted work with 312 and it was one where, so in the quiet moments when I would rewatch that scene, I would just be my by myself sometimes at like five or six in the morning. And I would just be bawling because it felt like more than a show at that point. Like I was just like, I knew what it was going to mean to the mean to the fans, but it also meant it's more AFC Richmond's meant more to me than, you know, changed my life. It's changed my career. It's given me like a sense of fulfillment that I've never known. And, um, so when he said that, it just, I just literally ugly cry in my office every time or in my, ho- like in my, you know, in my home office at work <laughs> when I was working with Jason, I remember like we were watching it back and he didn't really have a lot of notes on that scene. So we kind of always just go by it, but we got to the end and he asked me a question, but I turned around and I was just like tears. I was just like, I, I don't know. It just hit me. So that, I guess that would be the one. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I admit it too. Really I, hit I, I cry us. too. Yeah. <laughs> It certainly hit all of us. I mean, uh, that was so, so powerful. And uh, this is a question that Mala asked. uh, And we might have talked about this in our first interview, but I'm not entirely sure that we did. And I think it probably has changed quite a bit because, again, you went from half hour uh, episodes here to an hour and 20 minutes for uh, 312. But how long does it typically take to edit an entire episode? And AJ, I don't know if you want to take that one. Well, we, we start on the first day of shooting and we finished about a week before it aired. <laughs> so that gives you, it's been a little over a year. Um, so I guess you could do the math and divide that up, but it starts with an editor's cut. That is uh, our, our cut, our time. We kind of put it together the best way, you know, we think, and it's an all in cut. We give every single option, every single bit of, um, you know, all the lines, all the, the improv. We want to, you know, I call it the all-you-can-eat buffet cut. We want to show the director the the options. And so there's a record 
you know, of that because Jason does go back and watch these cuts. And so that way he can go back to look at something the way it was in the editor's cut to just kind of see the, the you know, sort of the first pass of it. Then, then we do a director's cut with our directors and that usually takes, you know, maybe about a week. It's about three days total that's spread out over a week. And then uh, it goes to um, the studio and, and, and Mel really helped me a lot in this year. Mel was, uh, you know, kind of our co-producer, almost sort of standing in for Bill Lawrence, I guess, a bit. It was very busy on shrinking. Um, and, you know, Mel, uh, we work on that and kind of whittle it down and get it to the studio. And then the studio gives some notes and then it goes to network. And then once it's in network, Jason kind of gets the last pass. And it, he kind of started around Christmas time. And it was a pretty much a marathon sprint and he works narratively. So we started with one and two and three and four, et cetera. And he would kind of ping pong back between me and Mel. And, uh, you know, we knew that yeah, that was your hot seat week when you're in it with, with Jason. And then uh, when he was working with Mel, uh, I would be trying to tee up the next uh, episodes and getting things ready. And, um, and you know, and, and so that, yeah, so that's the process. It, it, it's a long time and many revisions, but it's beautiful to see how it comes together in the end. And I think uh, you kind of get those aha moments as an editor, like, ah, oh, I haven't, you know, you kind of know now what you're looking for all the way at the end. And you didn't know that at the beginning. So you see a certain daily, you're like, oh, that that's of course the piece we need, but you have no idea that that is a critical piece of footage back when you're starting because you're, you're, you're on a journey of discovery with the whole team. We have some really smart listeners. And so we actually had a question about your additional credit there from uh, Zoe. And she's wondering, uh, Melissa, what is the difference? Like how you're, you know, AJ just mentioned your credit as a co-producer on this uh, series now as well. What is, what does that role look like? I mean, yeah, it really was just a, a, a kind of a helping run the, the post side of things, producing wise of like, um, you know, scheduling and that kind of stuff of like getting the cuts ready to go to the studio and the network and um and just kind of keeping that and I I chatted a lot with Bill and and Jason and just kind of like you know trying to get their thoughts and and um you know if AJ and I had a concern we would and we'd be like okay let's you know reach out to Matt Lipsy our producing director and and just kind of like being the conduit of 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 information between everything and yeah um yeah, just you know, AJ and I keeping it tight and and discussing music and and performance and what we know from Jason and what we can c- kind of discern from scripts that we were getting a heads up on and 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 just having that dialogue between the two of us um, to keep things moving forward. Really, just until Jason could get back, just keeping things you know in check until we could get. <laughs> could get the our fearless leader in and kind of really really help us hone it hone it mm-hmm. even better you know that's really great now aj mentioned uh emmy submission kind of coming from one of his episodes is there an emmy submission uh for you as well which which one is that going to be i know i um i struggled this year because i really loved 306 i really loved amsterdam it oh man it was so, it was like it was like uh, <laughs> it was like a perfect play in a sense like i mean the way that because brendan wrote that episode if i remember correctly the way that he wrote it we actually in our recaps ended up going like storyline by storyline it was like they were like six individual just storylines going on that interweaved with each other in such a perfect way we got the pillow fight i was so happy to get the pillow fight 
I have to say, when Apple released its trailer, uh, it was right around when you guys did that poll of like Pillow Fight or Movie Night, and Apple released the trailer, and um, the Pillow Fight was in it. And I was like, no! I was like, we can't. I I told Jason, I go, Jason, we cannot spoil this. I w- and I told him about your poll. I was like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, they did this poll. They just did the poll. The fan. I was like, I don't really want to ruin that surprise for the fans. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, is that such a deep cut though? Because like, I don't think I think the New York Times did a write up and they didn't get the call back because they're, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think their reviewer is a super fan. So well, like, let, I, let me just uh, pat myself on the back then. <laughs> yeah, how about that? <laughs> yes, I know. So, um, so Jason did. He pulled that out of the trailer because. Wow. Uh, so that was all based on your guys's poll. That's uh, wild. Because <laughs> I, yeah, because I uh. saw that, and I was just like, for the fans, they're gonna. I was like, I don't want to ruin that surprise. Um, so, I, like, you know, as much as I love that one, though, I, I, and even though the finale wasn't done, I was just like, how can you not submit the last episode? So I, I submitted, I submitted the finale because I was just like, you know, I, I feel like I did it all. I did a musical number and a twenty. 20- 20 minute soccer sequence and then a giant end montage. So I was just like, if this doesn't show the world my chops, then you know what I mean? (laughs) That's, that's kind of like, that's this, this, the cherry stuff on top that is, you know, champagne, the champagne of it all that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I'd put up, I'd put up any of my episodes. I really do. I'm not lying. I really love it. Oh, me too. (laughs) You know, It it was a tough call this year. Yeah. 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 I, I would put up any of your episodes too. We always like we joke about the actors and we're like, there needs to be a Ted Lasso category in the best supporting actor. And then maybe it could be like a prelim to get into like the the full race or something like that. But uh but AJ, um, Christine had a question about uh, and you you've sort of kind of hinted at this that really it's it's based solely on those scripts and that you don't like shoot a ton more than the scripts uh, are are there. But how are runtimes determined? I remember a long time ago and this was a couple of years ago, I think that there was some deal with like TBS or TNT or something like that to air Ted Lasso. And I'm just wondering how like a uh, like a more like a com- traditional uh, network or cable channel is going to ever handle this show uh, into, you know, into the future as far as that's concerned. But AJ, how are runtimes and things determined? I mean, based on the script, um, you know, what what they write for that episode that that determines the runtime. And, um, you know, Jason is very generous and they want to share the story with, you know, it's not just about Ted Lasso. It's about these other amazing characters and their story. So we see the scripts come in at, you know, 44, you know, to almost 50 pages. And we know that that's going to be a, a long episode. I think the shortest two this year were, were 301 and 309 and the longest were 311 and 312. Um, so yeah, it's just about, um, you know, I, I, Jason's not too concerned about the runtime. He's concerned about the story. I think Apple is as well, you know? Um, so uh, sometimes he would say, um, he could sense if something was, you know, cause it, it's your instinct as an editor to try to pace things up and cut things down and try to cut some lines and show him versions where, you know, we could go from here to here and not include that joke or something like that. Um, but he'll, he'll notice that he's, very in tune to like, you know, this feels a little overpaced. So he'll come in and say, you know, I think I probably want to add about three minutes and 45 seconds to this episode. I'm like, okay. But what he means is you know, <laughs> take, take your time here, but sure enough, we get to the end 
And he's like, what was it when we started? And I'm like, oh, it's this. And what was it we ended? He's like, 345. I knew it. And he's like, right on sometimes. So um, yeah, the runtimes really are something you don't think about. You think about servicing the story and following the the pacing of the the actors um, when necessary, pacing them up when it needs to be paced. But if there's those heartfelt moments, letting those breathe. And, you know, I say I've, I've learned that as a comedy editor on this show, I was always taught the comedy comes quickly, but on Ted Lasso, I learned that um, taking our time with it and letting the jokes breathe is, is beautiful as well. We, we got a lot of this question and I'm sure you guys get it all the time. And actually Brendan just addressed it in his AMA on Reddit as well. Uh, but I go ahead. Is and it ask the million dollar again. question? This is the blooper question. The uh, of course question. we're waiting for this one. Yes. So Jen wants to know, are we ever getting it? Can you just maybe, you know what you can do? Go ahead and just, I'll give you a host abilities. You can share your screen with me. I'll watch it. And then I will give, I'll just, I'll transcribe it to the audience. And sure. then it's like everybody saw it, right? Sure. We won't, we won't get in trouble for that. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I, I was talking to Mel about this. I mean, I think we can do something for you here today. We can describe a couple bloopers that were fun, right? Okay. Is that okay, Mel? Yeah. I'm not going to get us in trouble, yeah. I hope. The Apple yeah, no, I don't think so. I feel like they'll they'll release something. They won't probably release what we did because our assistant editors put it together every season for the wrap party for set, just to give them something to, you know, add a boys. But we put all sorts of music in it that, that we'd have to license, and I think that's probably a nightmare. So they probably Apple will probably package something at some point, I would think. But yeah, you take it, AJ. Take yeah. take it away. Well, we, we had a, a blooper uh, Slack thread all season long. Um, our uh, great um, post assistant, Maddie, uh, she'd be helping watching the, the, the make sure the dailies were coming in right. And she would always be like, oh, this is a blooper. This is a blooper. So there is a, a record of them. And yes, we, we did put some great reels together. But I will say some bloopers exist in the show and you can actually watch them. Um, my favorite one is Jamie Tart's great. We're surrounded by Poopette. That actually started as a blooper. Um, oh. I think I think the scripted line was, you know, where Ted says, all right, what are we surrounded by down here? And, and James like, coach, uh, the original line in the script was, you know, we're surrounded by poop or we're surrounded by feces. I can't remember what it was, but I don't know where this came from. If this was a Phil idea or uh, he talked to someone about it, but he gave <laughs> he gave it that Jamie Tart Manchester accent. We're surrounded by poop. Eh? And as you remember, uh, Brett is standing right next to Jamie in that moment. And he did it the first time on the very first take. And immediately, like, you could see just Brett just struggling not to crack. And, you know, Roy Kent is like, would be the worst person to hold cracking because Roy cannot smile. So Brett just loses it. And fortunately, he was able to hold it for maybe two or three seconds after. So I could have him deliver that line. And the whole Brett started and the whole cast just exploded with, with laughter and I left it in because it was just so perfect and so funny and so real and then Jason loved it so much that he <laughs> you know thought later in his side in his take when they probably came shot at maybe an hour or two later he's like you know but there's a whole lot of poope up there as well and immediately <laughs> everybody just busted it uh so that that just felt That's like a so great. that uh that needed to be in I have some other examples and maybe Mel can I know Mel has a funny one too that was great from, yeah, uh, and, um, I think it was episode episode two, I think. Yes, three hundred two. When uh, Trent and Roy are in the in the um, in the shower, and uh, 
uh, Brett's gonna uh, Roy Kemp pulls out the the wallet with the article that he saved that Trent did, and he he goes hold this, and he like shoves the wallet into Trent's into Trent's uh, body, and in one of the takes he he pushed him so hard he fell. Uh, James fell back into the uh, the, the shower uh, faucet of it. Yeah, the shower faucet, and it turns out it drenched him. So that was like a, they just started cracking up, and then I think it was probably to do a delay of game while Trent got re- redone up in hair and makeup because it was one of, it was like one of the early takes. Um, so that was a funny one that made it in. That that hair is so perfect. And now here's one that um, I want to know if it's yeah. a blooper or not. AJ, you very famously took to Twitter to defend <laughs> Phil Dunster early in the season mm. because people thought that he cracked at uh, and he was cracking in one of his scenes. Now I have a question. Uh, when we're at Uncle Roy's day, when mm. Roy says like at the very oh, yeah. beginning, he's like, "Oh, your sister," or at the very end, he you know Phil says, uh, "Your sister's so fit." And then <laughs> Brett looks at him and just goes like, "I'm gonna tear your." eyes out and then like there's a laugh right at the very end there so i'm wondering if that was break or if that was just philby and jamie i i think that was philby and jamie because they were on that a few times and i i it's funny it's like oh i didn't think of that as a as a break actually um because it's just one of those things where they were like just to show a little bit of them becoming kind of friends. being brothers yeah. yeah as that and then and then yeah the 302 one with the with him with his finger up because like at the end jamie says um it's quite funny when he yells at other people so that was always why i thought maybe i didn't think he was breaking back then but then when i to see the the discourse you're like oh, i guess you know sure maybe like um you know maybe you know how we would have fixed that would have been had to find a different take and split screen that in because jay uh uh roy's uh, Brett's performance was so good there. So I was like, yeah. yeah, you know, it's one of those things where I was like, I, I you know, when I was cutting and never thought of it, nobody ever said it. J- Jason never said anything about that. And we didn't really, we, we didn't really chat about it because it felt really true to, to his performance and how he was at the end when he said that, like, it's quite funny when he yells at other people. Um, so just him finding less, less being annoyed by Roy and more like uh, being pleasantly, annoyed by Roy <laughs> was that's excellent was my my feeling of their brotherly connection uh, AJ, you got I a couple also, more for us yeah, uh, more, yeah every time that Ted gives a funny name to Higgins like he's like what's up Higgs Smalls or what do you think there Higgs, Higgs Boson yeah. yeah yeah every single one of those Jason would never tell Jeremy or anybody else what those are going to be and uh, you can guarantee on every single time he would do it and the, the whole room would just lose it you know Jeremy everybody so there's always a good <laughs> laugh after all those. Um, those are those are Jason just just having fun and and they do that on set. They they just come up with these you know wacky ideas that I, I don't know if they they kind of hold it back from everybody else and it's just it's fun to watch them explode um, with laughter. Another one in the show is the in um, three eleven when they're in the, the watching you've got mail and Roy and Keeley are talking and everyone's like shh and we cut to Coach Beard and he's like Nora Ephron man and and all that Roy was supposed to say was, I'm sorry. And they were supposed to move on, but Juno wanted to have some fun there. So coach Peter's is like, Nora Ephron. And then Roy says, I'm sorry. And then Juno, I mean, he's like, who? She just threw that in and <laughs> Brett and everybody just lost it. And so of course we, so we had to reset the take and start again. And, and Brett leans to Juno and says, do it again. Ask who again. And so she's like, Nora Ephron, man. And then Keely says, who? And then Roy says back, Carl Bernstein's ex. And Jason and Brendan just lost it on that one. It, 
<laughs> and that that to me is really great because that that's that's Brett Goldstein coming out. That's his sort of podcast films to be buried with. Brett is a cinephile. There's no way that that Roy Kent would care or know that Nora <laughs> Ephron was married to Carl Bernstein. But it's just a that's an example of a blooper living in the show. <laughs> oh, that's that's so amazing. Um, and uh, so I know that our time is uh, coming to a close here, yes. and. Yep. Uh, I just want to say thank you to the both of you for bringing us this amazing and beautiful show. I mean, it's it's had such impact on uh, me personally, on so many other people out there, Jeremy, uh, so many fans that you get to hear of from here. But I just thought maybe we would wrap on a couple of different things. And that's just to say kind of an open platform for you if you want to know, let us to know if you have any projects in the work upcoming, but also if you just have anything that you want to say to a bunch of fans of Ted Lasso. Uh, we get to kind of always talk to you and hopefully you hear us on social media, but it, anything that you want to say. And I'll, you know, we started this conversation all the way back with Melissa. So I think I'll go to AJ first and then we'll end on Melissa. Just oh, just wow. like in the pilot to the finale, we'll, we'll give <laughs> yeah. Melissa the first and final word here. Oh, geez. No fresh. Well, I would just say, look, I love reading all the different groups, the Reddit, the Facebook, and there's some really beautiful, smart fans out there. And um, I would say to you, just, you know, be grateful, you know, as, as they say, um, don't cry that it's over, smile that it happened. Just be grateful that you've met this community of so many other fans. I mean, some of these groups have upwards of, you know, 30,000 members on them. Um, mm -hmm. So I hope the Lasso family sticks around and um, just appreciate that you've all found each other and, you know, go onward forward to goldfish. And um, I think Jason said this in his speech to everyone in the last day of shooting. He's like, you know, Ted Lasso is not like Las Vegas. What happens on Ted Lasso does not stay on Ted Lasso, you know, take that spirit forward to your next jobs, to your friends, to your family, to other shows that you love, you know? So I hope the fans all stick together long after the show is over and keeps those groups alive and who knows maybe those groups will already be formed one day if there ever is a continuation of the afc richmond story that's fantastic <laughs> melissa yeah i just want to say like really a heartfelt thank you i mean i um i just never imagined that a show would you know hit me and then hit a group of people and then we all were um geez in this in this uh world together that formed when we've I think felt so separate from one another uh we were all in a dark room during the pandemic and um and this beautiful light of a show came around and said like you're not alone um and that kindness and and family whether it's a found family or um you know your family family it's just it's it's um humanity is beautiful <laughs> And yeah. the, the ups and the downs and the good and the bad, and it's all part of life. And and coming at that with kindness is such a refreshing, beautiful way to live. And what a what a relief and what a what a joy. And gosh, to be part of something like that is super special. And um, and I think I think we all went through it together. You know, <laughs> we felt the fans. Yeah. We felt you know whether. It was before the seasons came out, we felt the pressure of like, God, we, you know, we know people love this show and we put it, I, I think everybody put it together from the top, from that comes from Jason down 
um, everybody cared so, so deeply. So I, I, I do hope people know that, um, you know, whether you were disappointed or, or not, like we really did not want to disappoint anybody. <laughs> that's a, that's a hard place to come from creatively, but we, you know, gosh, we gave it our best and we came, I think we all came from a place of love and, um, we appreciate, we appreciate everybody. And, um, yeah. If anybody, we, we, I know AJ is more active on, on the internets, but I'm, I'm out there. I'm just a little bit quieter, but I'm, I'm there too. So I see it too, you know, and I appreciate you. <laughs> well, we, we appreciate, uh, we appreciate you and the, the work that you've all done. And I say it often, but I truly do mean it. Just thank you for the art and creativity that you put into the world because we all need it. And uh, like you said, uh, Melissa, we all need that because of where we were and where we're going. AJ, you talked about that community aspect that this show has had, and it's just incredible. So thank you to you. And thank you to all of the post-production team of Ted Lasso. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, yeah. peanut butter and biscuits. Yes. Yeah. Thank you guys. I, I really do have to say like, it's like you guys are such a positive light. It's just such a nice, you know, when you're really feeling down, you go on Twitter and you see somebody you're like let's uh, let's hop over to peanut butter and biscuits and make ourselves feel a little bit better (laughs) that's great we'll always be here for you that's awesome thank you all right i'm not gonna lie uh she told me that thing about the trailer and my heart skipped a beat i was just like that is so cool (laughs) well it's just that connection man like that connection that you know, the people who make the show we love really do have us in mind sometimes when they're doing this kind of stuff. And it's, it's amazing to think about that. There's such a synergistic thing with the Ted Lasso fans and the creatives and yeah, it's just cool to see that that's still there. Um, but, uh, I don't know. They didn't close the door on spinoffs or season four. So who knows, man, we might be bringing it back. Hey, if Hannah has her way, Jason is already in a dungeon waiting to get to write. Now, I don't think he can actually write at the moment because of the WGA strike, but who knows what's going to be in the future. And, it, you know, they talk about the cast being so kind to the post, uh, to the editors and wanting to visit the edit bay and be able to check out that room as well. And I just think it's like a the whole cast that we've interviewed and all of the creatives that we've interviewed for this show seem to really get the lasso way, right? I mean, it really kind of exudes from everybody involved in this production. And that certainly includes the post-production team. And And I love that they were able to give us details or talk about these little things that we were wondering about all season and they could either kind of confirm or deny those or just explain more of the process going into it. We talked about the music and how important the music was to this, but I just, I love both of these two and it's so great to get to catch up with them again and to get to talk to them. Any final thoughts before we start talking about what we're doing moving forward, Jeremy? Uh, not really. Um, you know, I just, this is a, this is some great stuff. We're going to continue to try to bring you some of the people who made this show in the meantime, whether or not this thing keeps going or not, we're going to keep trying to do that and, uh, join that Facebook group, man. We're going to keep, uh, keep that party rolling as well. So, uh, we just love y'all. You literally never know who's watching in that Facebook group, right? So we found that today in the, in the interview, but I do want to tell you that I know, we're now are almost up to 2000 members in that Facebook group. And we said, once we hit a thousand, we would give you a West wing episode. So I'm going to make sure that Jeremy and I focus on that sometime in the next week and get that out. (laughs) 
And then I think that, you know, maybe taking a couple of weeks off might make sense for us. And then starting to look at perhaps July at some point for our series on shrinking. And we're going to do the exact same thing we did with Ted Lasso. We're going to recap all those episodes and break them down for you and see what kind of fun we can have there. And then maybe get ready for season two of shrinking as well. So I'm excited for all of that to come your way. You do have to follow us on social media because that's where we'll make these kind of announcements. And that's where you'll know exactly when we're going to be going into recording for all of those. So you can find that Facebook group uh, by just searching peanut butter and biscuits. You can also follow us on Twitter, PBBFRN, or you can also go to peanut butter biscuit time on Instagram as well. I will tell you, people are sending me Instagram messages and I make a joke that I'm not very good at Instagram, but it's not actually a joke. I, I So if I missed your message on Instagram, I apologize. Uh, it is not for want of getting to talk to you. So make sure you're sending all of our messages uh, to us and we will get back to you for sure. But it's just been a great ride. And thank you so much to AJ and Mel for their kindness, for uh, just them being them and the work that they're putting in and all these hours that they put in to bring the show that we love. The work is clearly evident throughout every single episode that is produced of Ted Lasso. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, folks, that's going to do it. We will be seeing you all again very soon, though. Don't you worry. Uh, We're going to keep trying to get you all that content. And, uh, yeah, just if you want more from me and Craig's voices, always find us on the Front Row Network, wherever you can find us. Uh, Craig's got a new Steven Spielberg show. Um, MCUHQ is heating up again for me. Um, And then just tons of stuff on there. So we'll be seeing you. We'll be seeing you. Absolutely. Go check out Cinematic Horizons. The intro episode just dropped. But for Peanut Butter and Biscuits, I am Craig. I'm Jeremy. And as always, be a goldfish. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Front Row Network, a proud Community Voices member of National Public Radio, Illinois. For more from the Front Row Network, including our articles or our other dozens of shows, visit thefrontrownetwork.com or nprillinois.org slash programs slash network. You can also find us on social media by searching for the Front Row Network on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, and on Twitter at Front Row Reviews with a Z.